everybody. Welcome to Film House. We're recording this episode on March 31st, 2021. So no pranks today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I, well, Unless that's I the prank. Like, What's the point if the prank yeah, is oh, that you're saying the wrong day you, and we did record it April 1st and oh, that the big prank is that everyone's going to go, oh, there were no pranks except the episode was a prank. Sorry, at least one Well, then you splice in the prank or is this a setup for the prank? Some some f- friends of Rooster Teeth, Armando Torres, does another show called Cult Podcast, and they're like, hey, do you want to be part of our uh, April Fool's thing? Spoiler for their April Fool's prank. And I was like, no, I'll have no part of that. I don't want to <laughs> fool your poor audience. <laughs> oh, man. Are they going to do a prank where like, they start a cult or something? They the cult do podcast a prank cult? every year where they talk about a fake cult. And then I've listened, because I listen to their show, I've listened to two where they've pranked me because I don't look at the date. And then each time I'm like, fuck, that's like two hours of my life wasted. So no, well, I'm not. I think if we were doing a prank for this podcast, we would come up with fake mo- movie news that would be like stuff oh, getting like stuff getting green. And- yeah. Like, like Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi facing off, even though they were supposed to face off in A New Hope. And it doesn't make sense canonically for them to see each other again. Welcome to the show, everybody. (laughs) This is Film House. This week on the show, James and I have the pleasure of being joined by Blaine Gibson and Alfredo Diaz, who uh, I have a history with, a past. A dark past. (laughs) Because we do a podcast together that is premiering on the Warner Brothers Entertainment YouTube channel on April 9th. It's called Popcorn and Shield. And in that podcast, we talk about big movies coming from Warner Brothers. And then also we look back at some classics from the WB, WB, and uh, is that your frog? Yeah, is that what that? Michigan yeah, Michigan. J. Michigan J. Michigan <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, I think we have a good time doing that podcast. Yeah, they're making us watch movies yeah. every week and then talk they're about. They're making like, us watch movies every <laughs> week. The funny thing, the funny thing about the Popcorn and Shield podcast is that just off a of frame for all of our cameras is a tiny gun with one bullet in it. So, <laughs> well, it's a tiny gun, and then when it clicks, do another it. tiny gun comes out. Oh wow! It fires guns. Yeah. you don't need to do it. Just put it away. Fredo's doing a bit. Yeah, we also had to hire that person to get Fredo on this show too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's um, two there's two uh, <laughs> there's a second guns with two single bullets so wow uh today on the show we're not talking about wb stuff we're talking about amazon we're talking about disney because we're talking first about invincible which ever has everybody here seen invincible mm-hmm. yeah this uh, is so good i wish i hadn't yeah. watched the trailer i'll tell you that much i hadn't seen it oh, have either of you I, read it i know james hasn't read it but have either of you guys read the comics? Oh, no. God. Invincible's been out for, what, two decades now? I've read a handful of volumes. And then um, it's always something I wanted to get back into. But I felt... I mean, I love Invincible, but I felt deeply in love with Saga. So I've been on a Saga case. Is that, I, haven't I got love back Saga. To yet. Is that Kirkman? So What's, yeah. who, who, I don't Kirkman. know... Com- like, I read comic book writers. It's 90% Star Wars. But I mm-hmm. don't know comic book writers. And Kirkman's the one dude that I've, like, followed his career... So I, I need to get into Invincible. Oh, you're a big comic. fan of Battle Pope as well? No, I just did Walking <laughs> Dead, and then I think he had some other side series that was like a detective thing. Uh-huh. Was that a thing, Battle Pope? Yeah, that's how I first was introduced to Kirkman, is that he has a comic called Battle Pope, which is the Pope is this super jacked <laughs> superhero dude, and his sidekick is this measly little Jesus <laughs> I used to I used to, have, I used to own one one copy of it and oh. I was like oh sweet and then I found out as uh, found out later it's like oh he went on to go do Walking Dead and a bunch of other stuff. 
Yeah, yeah I'm looking at it right now. The Pope is ripped. He's jacked on. He like hangs out with hot chicks and stuff all the time. It's awesome. Jesus but he's celibate like, though, right? He, picking his nose. No, I'm pretty sure he bangs him. In a Hawaii shirt. <laughs> battle okay. Pope rules. Anyway, sorry, Elise. No, We're talking about I, Battle Pope this week. I know that you used to really dig Battle Pope. Yeah. I carried that That's something I remember about you. Yeah, I think it, when I worked at G4, I had an issue of Battle Pope that was in the plastic that I kept at my cubicle, like at my desk. And I'd look up and I'd go, someday you're going to make something great like when Robert Kirkman made Battle Pope. Uh, oh, yeah, he did that. And then he did Invincible, which, unlike Battle Pope, got adapted into a series at Amazon. The basic premise being that Mark, 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 Mark Grayson is a normal teenager, except for the fact that his father, Nolan, is the most powerful superhero on the planet. As he comes from an alien world, he's Omniman. He's been mm-hmm. every uh, every person from his from Omniman's planet is tasked with watching over a different planet. And in Omniman's case, it's Earth. But sorry, shortly after but- his. I'm sorry, but Dutch is What's just that? having a field day behind Blaine. He with, doesn't hump. With the He's just du- playing with the it. dog. The dog. No, I'm not. I'm bed. just saying humping, but just oh, just okay. throwing the bed around, and it's it's just a delight to watch. Uh, for <laughs> any of our audio listeners, this is the one to ch- pick video. Yeah, please go ahead. And Dutch is Blaine's roommate. Yes. Yeah. 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 Forty-eight year old man. <laughs> Mostly likes to stay in the yard. Mm. I do like that. I feel like he cherry picked uh, an invincible, a lot of like popular things that happen in comic books. Cause like Omni Man's like kind of a mixture of Superman, but he's also got some Green Lantern core in him. Yeah. Uh, and this is just based off of the first three episodes that I've watched that are available. Um, yeah. It's, well, fun. it's fun so far. Yeah. Omni Man is kind of like this grizzled Superman. It's sort of what we, I think, hoped that in, you know, the Superman verse, Warnerverse, maybe we'd get to this type of character yeah um he's, he's and like what he, you would hope for with a superman that's voiced by jk simmons oh. yeah <laughs> just the the whole entire cast for this show when they announced it a while back it's just a star-studded mm-hmm. cast uh, mm-hmm. they did a fantastic job and uh, I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to say about the first three episodes dude that, um, i mean yeah. that first episode when it went to credits i was like yeah that was pretty cool and then it kept going and it did kind of a reveal and was like, holy, I don't, do not know what to expect from the show. Yeah. I also and, and he has a mustache. Spoiler for everybody. We're probably just going to be openly discussing spoilers for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more fun for us. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> so I mean, it's impossible to talk yeah. beyond the first episode. Yeah. Uh, unless yep. you're discussing spoilers. But uh, because yeah. um, basic, basically in the first episode, his uh, Omniman's son, Mark, hasn't really come into his own powers yet. But usually around the age of 18 in this lineage on this planet, people do, they come into their power, but maybe his is a a little delayed because he's half human. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of plot, but the, the main thing is that there's this group of the guardians of the globe, which are sort of like your justice league. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I think each of one of them is sort of like a wonder woman and Aquaman though. In the case of this, Batman, there's, I I do love the Aquaman substitute, which is just the fish head. (laughs) guy um he's pretty he was my favorite yeah uh so so general consensus all around is that everyone really likes the show right yeah Yeah. no i love it i like it i think it's a cartoon like i think it it looks like it's uh animation style is like close to the source material 
But I do think that mm -hmm. they did cut some corners around like the cartoon elements. Like it doesn't look like a beautiful cartoon. Like when the aliens come out of the portal, they use that same shot of them all so, running. Yeah, so, when you see yeah. it, it's almost like a little like adult swim. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes there's there was one shot. Oh, man, where was it when he went flying when Mark went flying for the first time? like actually under control before he could learn how to land there go back and watch it there's a shot of him flying over the ocean and it literally looks like i keyframed it in premiere like it's like yep. like just like a little figure yeah. it is it is interesting i like the show and after three episodes i'm definitely going to keep watching the show i i don't think it is perfect and i maybe i don't love it as much as everyone else is loving it because of a couple tonal things for me number one was not into the show until the post credits of episode one i was yeah. like watching it i was like i mean it's superhero tropes and it's not exactly a new hot take on superhero tropes which is kind of kirkman's gas at some point like uh, the biggest thing that killed me for walking dead when i was reading the comics was that it that i had the omnibus and it opens with a passage by robert kirkman talking about how big of a fan he was of the zombie genre and he wanted to write a zombie story that had never been told before and then i read that whole volume and i was like this is just tropes this is all just zombie <laughs> tropes every single ounce of it is just another zombie trope layered on top of another it's not like it's, subverting necessarily it starts with 28 days later's exact same intro yeah Twenty yeah. days later came first. And and so and so this felt similar to that. And that maybe that's just what Kirkman does is he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna pull the things that I like. So it's like it's it's literally a carbon copy of the Justice League and everything. And it really isn't until the end of episode one, which I don't know if we want to spoil it now or if we want to talk about it later. Yeah. Um let's do that it. I was like, okay, this is something you don't normally see in in this kind of show. Um, and so now I'm intrigued. Uh, that being said, it, it does still feel really tropey, and I think there's highs and lows. So the highs are sometimes the animation is incredible, amazing fight choreography, like just the coolest like motion to a punch and anything. You're like, oh, that shot was amazing. And then other times there's a shot of him flying over the ocean where it's a keyframed figure, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they had to cut a corner somewhere. You got to um, think that's because of yeah. budget, right? Um because I, I completely agree. That's one of the things that I was kind of like back and forth with in my mind about the show or just like there mm -hmm. are the when they're doing their daily mundane things, it doesn't look well animated. You know, mm -hmm. the eyes look a little dead sometimes and there's not yeah. a little facial expression in the, in yeah. the in like, you know, the upper face and the, the, you know, the cheeks and the eyes. But the fight scenes are so well done and animated. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's probably one, you know, it's a budget thing. And two, the fact that I mean, these are forty-minute episodes, so yeah, it's a lot of content. You, but you yeah, say it's, a it's really long for an That's animated series. Expensive. You say it's a budget that. thing, though, but they have a crazy cast, and I'm sure that yes. those guys are getting paid a, like an okay amount. But like, I was going like, to say, but Oscar then there's winners. an anim, there's a whole probably an animation studio who's like thinking about how much John Hamm or whatever is getting paid to go into a voice booth for like fifteen minutes, and they're like, I have been toiling away for the last <laughs> yeah. nine months yeah. on this project. You know, and I am not making that much. The um, cast is Stephen Young, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, Zachary Quinto, Jillian Jacobs, stacked. Jason Mansukas, Walton Goggins, mm -hmm. Seth Rogen pops up, uh, Mae Whitman, Ezra Miller, uh, Nicole Byer, Reginald Bell Johnson pops up, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like, it's so stacked. And then aside from that, Gray Griffin and Kevin Michael Pengel Richardson, who are seasoned voice actors. Yeah, mm -hmm. are I'm surprised. Also on the show. Sandra O wanted to do something that was like animated. You know, I know 
I've, you know, I've watched her in Grey's Anatomy, big fan of that show. And then, you know, mm-hmm. she moved over to Killing Eve and that was a fantastic show. And she, mm-hmm. at, you know, that show has won so many awards. And, and mm-hmm. then it was like, all right, what's her next project? What is she doing? It's like, you know, Invincible. I went, what? Yeah, uh, she's I great. Thought hey, I thought awesome. she was going to do Arliss again. You know, I thought we were going to bring Arliss <laughs> back and maybe get Sandro back. Anyway. I do love that Clancy Brown's in it. And, like, he has the most recognizable voice of any uh-huh. person out there. And anytime mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Clancy Brown, yeah. <laughs> but do you think that if we had Clancy Brown talk and then also had James Remar talking, you would be able to delineate between the two of them? James Remar, as in... It's a game show. <sighs> game show. James Remar versus Clancy Brown... Uh, talk off and it's the only contestant is Blaine and there's only one episode <laughs> the show is five minutes long I think, uh, oh, wait, James Remar's in fucking the Warriors and he's also in Mortal Kombat Annihilation okay I, I yeah no I, I wouldn't know Clancy Brown okay, it's clicking good. okay got it uh, Fredo, so since you read some of the comics I was reading about how like the big turn doesn't really happen that as early in the comic like, it happens in the first episode of the show but they mm-hmm. build more to it in the comics so were you like Holy shit, when that um, went off. Well, I, you know, like, I know that Kirkman talked about how, you know, he felt that, you know, um, the comics had a great story and they wanted to really tell that story. I do like that. I mean, especially like right now, like I said, I read a handful of like volumes um, before I switched over to Saga, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, like I kind of know what's happening here and there's a lot of things that are being layered that are going to, you know, be pulled on further down the line because the the story gets pretty wild um that whole big turn i enjoyed more in the in the comics but mm-hmm. i was pleasantly surprised that it was different but not too different like so are we talking about the the end of the episode I right? we should just yeah. we just open up yeah. a can of worms yeah okay um you know so when when nolan was om, omni omniverse um just obliterates <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the whole entire the guardians, like yeah. the, the guardians um, in the gra- like in the graphic novel, you just see like fists, like, like really tight shots of like fists and hands and people's oh. heads being sliced off mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And then you turn that page and you see that it's him and you just go, Oh my goodness. What? Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, that's so cool. Oh my God. That's, and, yeah. And that's, so that's like, awesome. I, I, awesome. Yeah. Right. It's just like, I do, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the, you know, the, the paper take more. This was just different in the sense of like, all right, you actually see him step out beat the hell out of the guardians and i don't know it's a little different because like in the graphic novel like in the comics you just felt like when you turn that page how can how can he be stopped you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, yeah. and then hear my stomach just like yeah sorry to interrupt you just destroyed everybody <laughs> but then in the the show it's just like okay if you throw enough bodies you can kind of pin them down mm-hmm. so it was a very different vibe which i wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't like mad about that. He's hospitalized. Is that an element that they have in the comic book that he like passes out with the guardians? God, I don't remember. It's yeah. been too long. It it does seem like that carries plot wise though, because you know, a big element after that point is like, Oh, that's, that's basically the turning point where it's like, you know, Mark, AKA invincible. Like you need to be careful because even your father almost like, so there's a whole, they constantly remind you guys like, even yeah. your father, like, like has almost lost once and he's 
it, it, you know, he's super powerful. He's unstoppable and everything like that. I'll, I'll say this about the difference in that. Um, this, I wonder if it's the kind of thing where that works easier on a comic book because you can turn the page and like reveal it in that way. And you can hide, like you can, you can be confused while you're reading a comic book sometimes and be like, I'm just going to figure out and you go, aha, kind of like the best thing I comparison I could think of is there were a lot of surprise character reveals in, uh, game of Thrones, the books that, that weren't in the show because they were like, I mean, you're going to see the actor. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. there's there's a, there's Start like the, coming the, back the King's guard, the... the King's guard, like going to help Daenerys and stuff like that. And like he's in the book. He's a character in the books helping her for like five thousand pages. And then you finally it isn't until another character shows up and goes, by the way, that's who this person is. Mm. They're like, oh, shit, that's who that person is. You can there's no way you can do that in the show. So you have yeah. to sacrifice it. I wonder if it was like an element of that or it could be that like what you're saying maybe they're building in a different direction which is maybe. interesting i feel like they had to do this though because like they want to wrap people they want to bring in people episode one mm -hmm. and i think one of the things that they're delivering on like alfredo's mentioned is this has crazy fight choreography and i feel like that scene to keep it a mystery you would have to shoot it in the wide in order to get it like a good choreographed fight so i think mm -hmm. they're just like fuck it we'll just reveal them early and then we're just gonna have a sick like mm -hmm. you know throwdown and stuff and yeah that fight is glorified in its brutality because yeah. when you levels. just compared to the rest of that episode yeah. where maybe the mo the most graphic thing is that one of the um what are the, they're called the 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 twin the, the twins the um he gets his eye gouged. Oh, I'm trying to, what are their names? The, like the clone with the Maulers. Yeah, the, I think the they're the Maulers. Yeah. The Maulers. Yeah. The Maulers. Yeah, gets his eye gouged the out, the and there's twins. like a tiny bit of blood, and you're like, oh, okay, that's yeah. you know. Uh, but then it, he just brutalizes the the guardians in that post credit scene, and it's like it's wild. It's so cool. It's like well, heads are spinning, guts and entrails. Yeah. And I, I feel like yeah. It sets the tone for the rest of the series too, because like so far in episode one, uh, two and three, we've seen as violent stuff. I think the thing yeah. that I appreciate and I think that something that Amazon's doing really cool is that they're they're cornering the market on superhero content and flipping it all it's on its head. Between this and the boys, they mm. have a cast of characters that no one knows. Unlike DC and Marvel where they have to like, you know, respect mm -hmm. these characters because yeah. they have these years and years of fan bases. They're just like, "Hey, here's here's Superman. He's fucking mm -hmm. evil and it's really yeah. cool to see that happen." And, and yeah. I think it also works because they're they're parodying and creating you know a a commentary on the characters that we know mm -hmm. so like yeah. there are they're using those cliches and um you know those archetypes to like to build yeah. their story and omniman in the second episode the flaxons invade which are kind of these like aliens that have their they keep rapidly aging so then they have to come back <laughs> after they they stop their aging which is great mm -hmm. but then he like oh, there's this there's this this you know uh he he makes this like speech about how like the earth isn't theirs to conquer, but like earth is yeah. earth is his. And I'm like, Oh, I, lo I love this. I love that. It's like the Superman. That's not the, the selfless protector. Yeah. It's like, no earth is his. And then he just like decimates. And this, this, <laughs> is more of a commentary. this is more of a commentary on oh. me than it is necessarily on the show. Cause I'm sure a lot of people in the, in the audience will probably disagree. But Omni Man is my point of entry for the show. <laughs> like, like if, they, if they had delayed the the end of the first thing where it's revealed that their their Superman decimates the entire Justice League in the most violent 
fashion. He has clearly ulterior motives and is bad in some way. Like if that wasn't revealed in episode one, I probably would have tapped out of the show or, yeah. or not have really cared about two episodes, two or three too much, maybe played a video game while Elise was watching it or something. Yeah. Um, but the only other thing that it did, which is maybe not what the show intended, which is may another Kirkman thing too, because, uh, Omni-Man is now my point of entry. I'm like, I just want to see what this guy is up to because yep. it's way more interesting than this kid who's kind of an asshole who has superpowers and is just like, like, Mark isn't Peter Parker by any stretch of the means. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I don't think that every single superhero character has to be a teenager who's a nerd, who gets powers and he's whatever. But he's kind of like, I mean, he's kind of like a, I would say on the cooler end of the spectrum for like a young teenager in high school. And, and, and then yeah, it's like, there's a little bait, bit where he's like, out. he's getting girls. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's getting he girls. has people. Well, they're he just has coming on to nerdy him, interests, like, but he points out like, it's cool to be a nerd now. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah and everyone else is like, you're right. It is cool. What is this? Like a comic book about what is it, something weasel? Like, and it's like, Oh, I love <laughs> Dr. Strange um, dog. Like his, his <laughs> life is really, he lives in a beautiful house. Like he's his, he doesn't have like a hard go of it. So for a character standpoint, I'm not super interested, but Omni man and demon detective are the only, two, are like the only two things Just that I'm like really super breath. bought in on this show. <laughs> and when I think about when I was watching walking dead, I didn't care at all about Rick or Rick's family. Carl. I was, I was, team, I was team Shane for the entirety of his run on that show. I was like, I was like, and it was such a weird thing because the show oh God, was crafted in a way season. where it was supposed Ooh. to be like Shane, Shane, he's the crazy one. He's the wild. Yeah. I could was you the Jeremy Bernthal character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, John. Okay, like, okay. John, John Bernthal. John yeah. Oh, sorry. He, it's like, he wanted to leave someone behind so he could get antibiotics for the group. And I'm like, yeah. And he should have. Cause that yeah. other dude tripped on a wire and should have been left behind. But like the whole, sh it was like a weird thing. And I feel choices. like this is happening again. Right. Anytime I watch a Kirkman thing, he always puts something out there and I'm like, why am I identifying with the bad guy? More than the <laughs> well, the thing, the thing I love that that happens in the third episode, because at the very end, uh, Dark Blood shows up and is kind of like probing uh, a wife of uh, which Debbie, Dark Blood Debbie Debbie, specify yeah. is essentially Hellboy. Um, yeah. But Voice he's by Clancy a, Brown. Yeah, he's a, he's a detective. That, Demon like, detective. Can sniff out, yeah, crime. And was it? Is it that he wants to stay on Earth longer? So yeah, he's he doesn't, want to, he doesn't like, want to be in hell. So he's yeah. doing these deeds to like kind of stay out of hell. Redemption kind of shit. Yeah. 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 And uh, he he kind of like comes into their home to interrogate her because I guess he's suspicious of Omniman. And then Omniman shows up, and I love that like she doesn't tell him. Like mm -hmm. clearly, like she's fucking suspicious of him or whatever. And it, she's just, in danger. I love it. I love where the story yeah, is going. There, I'm there, so into there's it. There's a lot of foundation. Let's talk about foundations, and you could see right there, right there, like the little, the little cracks and chips here and there that you could, you know, I'll, I'll be very interested to see how, like, how they peel, um, this huge story. But um, what I want to go back to is like I, I definitely agree that like this episode is, and it's the same thing with the comics where it's like it's you just got to sit there and kind of like eat your vegetables on the first episode yeah. the same thing with like your comic we're just like <laughs> wait till you get to that point and when you get to that point okay like you'll you'll kind of understand the tone and then things will start to pick up things will start to take off mm -hmm. something yeah, that I, sure. i've seen people be critical of in terms of tone is the fun they're having with placing the title card 
because what yeah. the show does is they wait until a character in the episode would say the word invincible and then they bring up you know this text on a does that, kind of, is that i love it guys? I, I think it's funny, I, but I think the musical cue behind it isn't good. Editorial-wise, yeah. they didn't nail it. Yeah. If it was like, I, dun, as opposed to, well, I, I would love, say. It makes me laugh. Here's, here's <laughs> how I would do it. Either you do it the one time, and you're like, eh, like, because you know, that's what right. babies do. They're like, eh, and that's what we do watching <laughs> stuff like that, right? <laughs> if you do it the one time, great. If you do it the other time, it should match the tone of the scene, yeah. right? So if it's like, Dad, don't you understand? You're not, and then and and then it's when it shows. It shouldn't go like, Dad. It should be like invincible. Like it should it should be yeah. a different a different dis, like maybe a different if, title card with a different cue behind it. And it throws then it off should, the flow. It really nah. throws off the flow. Like, I'm dying on like this 25 hill. Twenty-five minutes in. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. I think it's okay, so right. funny, and I love I it's like a good bit. especially episode two where it's like this really kind of like somber scene. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's like invincible. Um, thing is so yeah. great. But speaking speaking of funny, I think that the like again the biggest criticism of the show is the the tone whiplash. It's tonal whiplash, which is fun on a roller coaster, but sometimes with shows it can get really exhausting. And so like the fact that this show whips back and forth from a uh, a kid going like, I think she am I going to get her number to oh, this guy just destroyed a universe is like, and he's like very malicious about it is what makes it cool, but it also what makes it jarring. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys, you uh, Popcorn and Shield crew are even allowed to talk about it. <laughs> but uh, some of those, some of those DC animated films suffer from that as well. Bruce Tim is great, but there's some more adult subject matter that I think some of those things have taken on. The first thing that I think of is the um, death of Superman animated cartoon that came out years and years ago but it was basically like an adaptation of that story tonally it was produced and written in the same way as the old bruce tim superman cartoons were right like mm. that's how it felt and that's how the dialogue felt like very like saturday morning cartoon with some some heightened sense of things but then it still had like adult subject matter or what was it i think killing joke the Killing Joke was the one where uh, Batman and Batgirl had sex. Hooked up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they hooked up. And I was like, this doesn't match the fact that, like, this doesn't match Kevin Conroy being like, we must go and find, like, <laughs> it's just, like, too, tonally there's oh, yeah. some weird things there. And this show definitely has some of that. I think, oh, man, speaking of just kind of DC stuff, I was watching uh, Superman and Lois, just a real quick aside, that thing had me in the first episode. I was like, oh, this is great. What a good take on Superman. This Tyler, what's his name, is it's such a great Clark Kent. And it just quickly became Smallville, and I kind of hate it now. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's a CW I mean, it's a show, right? For that, right? I can't watch it. It's a, that's it's on CW. CW? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I haven't seen Guys, it. Guys, careful I'm where you're going with this. Popcorn and shields falling apart. <laughs> Contractually, <laughs> we are only allowed to talk about Gremlins too. Um, <laughs> well, it's in our on. contracts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming that it's the same route that they take with like in terms of like the flow uh, with mm -hmm. like the Flash show. Or there's just, a like, monster really that grips week. you, and then yeah, there's a, there's something that grips you, and then it goes. There's a big huge lull, then you get like a mid season ooh, right when you're right when you're about to quit the show, and then another lull, and then you go okay, I'm, maybe I'm just done with the show, and then it hits you with like the season finale and the big the, the big baddie. Mm -hmm. There's a point where uh, Superman finds a machine that's creating evil people, and Lois is almost killed, 
and then like he fights them and then they they get they fly out of that that compound and then you know they fight but it's unresolved and then he's like man i just i don't know who these people are building this machine and it's like you're fucking superman like go fly there and kill them and find out and it's like so frustrating because they're they're inhibiting superman so much when he's the most powerful man on the earth you know who would have solved that problem omni man my hero <laughs> Omni Man would have blown up the facility. <laughs> Omni Man would have figured that shit out, and he would have blown it up while also making the people there scared <laughs> before he killed them too. Oh no! It's funny because like James said, his entry point is Omni Man. I think mine's the Mauler Brothers because anytime that they yeah, are on screen doing good. anything, I I love it so much. And the whole clone mm-hmm. back and forth of who's the original, I think, is really fun. Mm-hmm. um well, them breaking out. out of prison in the yeah. third episode was great like i, that, I love well, those guys <laughs> i mean that's that's i think one of the coolest things about the whole show is it will just move past it doesn't it's not like incredibles it's a world of superheroes but it's not necessarily about a world of superheroes but then there are scenes where a guard is walking through a supervillain prison and you just every single cell is a different thing and you're like what's mm-hmm. their story what's this person's story what's like the one of my favorite moments in episode three was the guy who showed up to destroy mount rushmore yeah uh and i said to elise it was amazing because uh like he's like he's a villain and he's trying to see but he's also like oppressors racist <laughs> and everything i was like and, okay and, i kind of see his point yeah we're like, like, he's not like, wrong oh, not bad <laughs> i think he's got something going there um it's not but, evil yeah. for evil's sake he has like yeah it's yeah it is really great i think when the show steps away from feeling like it needs to direct parody other superhero stuff is when it's really its strongest duplicate is like the best name oh, yeah. for a superhero like ever it's like you yeah. make multiples of yourself I, and your and name i mean is speaking Kate, of that prison scene you you see someone else that has multiple versions of themselves mm-hmm. oh yeah you do it's and it's when i saw that i was like this, that, that's not her in that cell, right, Fredo? No. Hmm. But you'll it's, see. It's some, oh, what else, what's oh. another pun we can come up with? It's replicate. <laughs> Multiplicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Starring um, but yeah, Michelle talk- Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are talking about like characters that really work for you guys. Um, for me, it was uh, Rex, Rexplode. I thought, you know, uh, uh, was it? Uh, uh, was I was it, just going to... Um, Mentioned him. Jason Manzukis. Yeah. I was just like, okay, this, I didn't really envision his voice to be like this, but it like, it worked. Mm -hmm. It really, it really did work. I will say that like one, he, he really like helped. Like that was the character that I vibed with. And I was like, this is a entertaining character. Fuck this character. Um, but also at the same time, I felt like Jason was bringing like another level of energy. Yeah. That everyone around him, seemed to not really match yes and that kind of like threw me yeah. off a bit it's it's that's especially, another example of like the tonal stuff that i think sometimes yeah. happens sorry he's Lisa, way so. too cartoony i think especially being a member of like the teen team where mm-hmm. you know you maybe are supposed to get the the vibe that like these are kind of more inexperienced like younger and he's obviously a older guy yeah. i i think alfredo like you you saying his energy is fun makes sense because he's definitely this character that starts out a little bit douchey, but I have hope that because Jason Manzoukas is so great that he can kind of, maybe eventually he'll become a more likable. Well, yeah, that, I mean, know. one of the hurdles is, I don't know if any, if anyone else other than Elise here watches big mouth, 
but I can't stand that show. It's but so hard a couple to episodes watch. And I was like, this is a lot. It's, it's so disturbing. Cool. It's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. But like, I, I love it. But Jason Manzoukas is also a character in that. And again, he basically just plays himself. Like if you went yeah. and saw a live comedy show with him, that would be him. And it should be him, which is I think it's totally fine for casting and stuff like that. But it is tough because his character in Big Mouth literally fucks pillows. Like it's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to explode in this pillow and it's his voice and it's the same voice because he doesn't do voices yeah so anytime yeah. like rex is like like you're just waiting for rex to say something that you've heard him already say a thousand times before because it's the same voice it's one of the traps we run into when we stop hiring voice actors and just start hiring characters Actor <laughs> you know that being but. said jk simmons is omni man like oh so, yeah i love every scene with omni man i also love omni man but jk simmons is just so fucking cool mm -hmm. yeah yeah Agree. Um, any any final thoughts on Invincible? Uh, if, if an audience member hasn't seen it yet and they haven't somehow gotten it spoiled, they need to watch it. Just don't watch the trailers because the trailer gave away too much. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. This is one of the good things about streaming services is that you have to like make an active choice to watch trailers. Like I used to sit in movie theaters and go like, Meh, like make, uh, yeah, make a low yeah. humming noise with my eyes closed and my ears plugged, like I so I can hear. It, I don't hear. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm so excited, and I, I for a 45 minute uh, anime show, I'm invested the entire time. Yeah, yeah, same for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a great show. Uh, I think they're doing a great job with it. I'm very interested in seeing, you know. Uh, hopefully it does really well and so that way season two has like a bigger budget and that can go into like animating the show a little bit more uh i don't know lively yeah. <laughs> during the yeah. mundane portions of it but expressionless I mean, spaces yeah there's a lot of like great story arcs and um different things to kind of like invest into and like one of the reasons why i like saga and invincible is because it's not like the DC and Marvel comics where it's like you have all these spin-offs and wait, Spider this thing happened to Spider-Man in the main storyline and then it split off and now wait, something happened to Spider-Man, he's back and something happened to him. I don't know. Like mm -hmm. this is very like straightforward in its own like contained Con yeah. like mm -hmm. universe and you can just read it right through. Yeah. That's that's what I love about stuff like Paper Girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. and, yeah. of course paper girls um i i just love that we're at the point in the superhero genre where it's now it's like okay it's superheroes is like the most basic premise like that's not the thing anymore like superhero is the most basic premise and then for wherever you want to take that this combined with the boys it's like all right this is how we're going to keep the genre going for several yeah. like another decade or so and not burn out uh and mm -hmm. and stuff so now it's about yeah. a 24 year old woman that deages herself every time she transforms into a troll. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, yes. Yeah, monster girl. Yeah. Yeah. Great concept. Well, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors right now, and then we'll be back with some Star Wars discussion. Oh. It's 2021, and we are finally talking about our mental health as if it's a normal thing. And that's why we're excited with this episode of Filmhouse, which is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. No matter what your circumstance this year has probably been tougher than normal, and many of our lives have been rearranged. Many, maybe you feel isolated or your coping mechanisms aren't there anymore. But you know what might help with all of this? Talking to a therapist about it. A lot of us take care of our bodies, our physical health. But it's important to take care of your mental health, too. We don't really consider that 
as, as something that, you know, should be right up there with getting our, you know, annual physicals and stuff like that. Um, some people have a lot of stress and anxiety or they're struggling with a temper or maybe it's depression or maybe you are unhappy in your job or your, or your relationship. You need somebody to talk to. Um, if this feels like you, you can use therapy and get some tools and skills that will make your life easier. Um, and that's a big part of therapy is, you know, it's it's talking to somebody that's a, it's an ear to listen to, but also someone that is trained to help you work through a lot of the issues that you're having with yourself. And that's, that's the really great thing about therapy is it's someone that can give you a different perspective or tell you that, you know, what you're doing is maybe more positive than you think and can kind of give you the, the motivation to, to change things in your life and, uh, take that responsibility. And that's, that's really important. That's really, really valuable to have. Everybody is struggling. Everybody has their own battle that they're fighting and there's no shame in that. Um, you don't have to go on social media and tell the whole world about that, but you can talk to a therapist privately and, and get that kind of support and help. And, and, uh, especially if you're not, not somebody that's comfortable talking about your issues with, you know, friends or family or, or getting that sort of public support, you can, you can do that with somebody, um, in your corner, uh, in better help and better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So, uh, join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset and always will be film house is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our audience can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash film house. That's better H E L P.com slash film house. Thank you. BetterHelp. This episode of film house is sponsored by bespoke post. It's spring everybody. And like these delicate, tiny woodland creatures, we are all emerging from the fogs of winter and our slumber peering out of our doors to see if it's warm enough to go outside again and enjoy ourselves. And as we emerge from this hibernation state, unshowered, you know, possibly smelly in some of our cases. What better to bring with you on all of your adventures, but a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. This is a collection for guys that will not only bring some excitement to your mailbox, but also is guaranteed to upgrade your life. Uh, I've said it a hundred times, but James and I got this knife in a box of awesome that is like the best new kitchen knife that we own. This knife will go on to have songs, bards sing songs about it because this knife changed our lives. So whether you're out there taming the wilderness or at home taking your bar to pro level heights with maybe some cool highball glasses or something like that. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month, no matter what you're into. Box of Awesome has you covered. Styled and grooming stuff. You can get little like shave kits, barware. As I mentioned, you can get a, a spiffy decanter and glasses set, cooking tools, outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has a collection for that and for every other part of your life. It's so easy to get started and you can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com and your answers will help them pick the right thing for you. Maybe you like camping, so the Explore box, which has a backpack, would be great for you or for hiking. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code FILMHOUSE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code FILMHOUSE, F-I-L-M-H-A-U-S, for 20% off your first box. Thank you, Box of Awesome.
thank you to our sponsors. And so, yeah, Invincible, I think we all recommend it to go watch it. Next up, we're doing some Star Wars talk. But first, we got to say goodbye to Fredo, um, who's going to another galaxy far, far away. It's a trashier galaxy. It's the <laughs> galaxy. It's not really that great. Um, wish I could but stay. They- Thanks for joining us for Invincible Talk, Fredo. Oh, no. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And uh, for those of you guys out there, you know, Popcorn Shield. It's coming out soon. Popcorn you know, Shield. We talk movies and we have a great time doing it. So, catch you guys later. Bye, Fredo. Later, Fredo. Bye, Fredo. Bye. And now we roll credits and then we come back on the scene where Fredo massacres it's us all. Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the other, the other there was some other big news this week that I know pertains specifically to one person in this conversation, you must be pretty excited. James, the Obi-Wan yes. Kenobi casting news. That's right. I am a huge Bonnie Keith fan. <laughs> so, yes. 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 I'm very excited <laughs> about this Obi-Wan. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that an L or a Kenobi? Kenobi. <laughs> Kenobi. The Kenobi show. I can't wait for the Kenobi show, Elise. I'm super excited. I figured. Um, mm-hmm. No, Blaine, you're a huge Star Wars fan. I am. Correct. Um, yes. And I, to be honest, like this, the Obi-Wan show is going to be cool. I hope that he gets off of Tatooine first and foremost before we like get into all the casting news. Because like from a story perspective, I, I like that they're bring, bringing Ewan McGregor back because he's a fan favorite and he was the best part of the prequels, hands mm-hmm. down. And I would love for Hayden Christensen to get redeemed because I think he was just kind of poorly directed in, in the trilogy um i just don't know story-wise like i don't know what this is gonna do have they said where this exists it's it exists after 10 years after years after empire strikes back yeah so it's like the height of the empire uh revenge of the sith wait yeah did i say revenge of the sith yeah you said empire strikes back but yeah so so Oh, are you a fan or not? Episode three. I am. I am. I, am. I promise, <laughs> guys, it'll be good. Okay. Okay. So it's ten years after episode three, based off what we're seeing here, which is the casting of Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, obviously Hayden Christian as to be assumed Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> and uh, and Joel Edgerton uh, is like the only ones that are relics of the previous uh, yes Bonnie well, trilogies, and, and also right? Bonnie. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're Owen and Bruce. Oh, okay. So there's going to be elements. Oh, right. I mean, it's going to start with him on Tatooine, and there is a, a world in which this is all taking place on Tatooine. But personally, like looking at this cast, there's not that many hot people on Tatooine, and these, <laughs> this is a beautiful cast. So I feel like Obi Wan's going to be called to go somewhere else in the galaxy. Like they have but, to do that in order to, to, like, otherwise they're regressing behind Mandalorian because he's like going all over the place. Yeah, but isn't the whole? Forgive me for sounding so um, ignorant. Bitter. It's fine. Oh, but, sorry. I was gonna say, hasn't the entirety of post Disney Star Wars been nothing but a regression? <laughs> uh, no, I think like I, in I a lot of ways think... they're constantly putting things. They're constantly making new things and then going, but none of this is as important as what you've already seen. By the way, <laughs> I feel like Mandalorian, with you know the element of Baby Yoda and where he fits into the sequel trilogy and stuff like that, like that's the one thing that kind of stands out in the Mandalorian that it's like a head scratcher, but like, I think Mandalorian that's like, that's the future of star Wars to me. I feel like there's a world in which star Wars becomes more of a televised show and we might get a movie every now and then, but like there's just such big investments for something that might not pay off. Yeah. I guess, I guess my, my concern is how afraid they are constantly are 
of stepping even two inches away from the Star Wars we already know, which then inherently ties everything back to the Star Wars we've already seen. I mean, I liked watching Mandalorian, um, but ultimately the last scene of season two did nothing for me other than remind me that they already think other things going on in this universe are way more important than the stuff that they're willing to devote two seasons to. Um, so, so uh, we don't know. I don't know anything about Obi Wan Kenobi other than this image. But it seems like what they're already saying is like Obi Wan Kenobi is doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. but but he's still going to interact with Darth Vader, even which then is like one of those things. Was like we're only doing because people well, expect it from us, but then it also diminishes. Know. We don't know if they're going to interact, or maybe you'll just see Darth Vader somewhere else. Is it going to be a like a cut a, to a side? like a sliding doors or like yeah. <laughs> a, like a two stories one every ha- every episode other episode is devoted to obi-wan and every episode is devoted <laughs> to anakin like well, going around i feel like there's a world in which uh they so hayden or sorry they've already confirmed that hayden christensen's coming back as darth vader a lot of people are theorizing that it was going to be flashbacks to him mm-hmm. as a padawan and they're going to do de-aging but i feel like there's going to be a parallel storyline going on and i don't i think that they'll somewhat intersect but i think character wise like it just would not make sense for those two characters to meet because well, like have... it is it totally downplays their interaction yeah in a new hope i think you're you're right and i mean i'm curious if some of the cast that's been confirmed for this are actually going to be like you're going to be seeing more of this cast interacting with hayden christensen than you would actually see Ian, uh, Ian mcgregor like uh-huh. I, don't, I don't think they're gonna meet in this I I kind of hope not. I, I hope that they can pull it off in a way that Hayden Christensen gets like a great, uh, you know, he gets to redeem himself. I'm I'm imagining that they're gonna have something to where he won't just be in the suit because that doesn't make sense. So I feel like we'll see like back to tank Vader and maybe some elements of flashbacks or maybe his like force presence. But like, it's it, there's so many things that I'm confused and in, in questioning. But I'm I'm kind of trusting it because if. Mandalorian's any indication on where the series is or the franchise is going, then I'm I'm like, oh yeah, I think they can pull it off. I have some questions for you guys about what you I'm think. I'm happy might to happen. answer any of them. Um Shoot especially first. if they're Star Wars <laughs> lore related first. Uh before parting ways in Revenge of the Sith, Yoda tells Obi-Wan, in your solitude on Tatooine training, I have for you, an old friend has learned the path to immortality, one who has returned from the netherworld of the force to train me, your old master, Qui-Gon Jinn. The secret order of the wills he studied, how to commune with him, I will teach you. Will we get some Force Ghost Qui-Gon Jinn in this Liam Neeson? I bet so. He came back for uh, an episode of Clone Wars. So I don't I don't cool. I think that they're probably not gonna tell anybody about that because they want that to be a surprise, but I guarantee Liam Neeson will be in it. James I'm agree or say, disagree? I'm gonna say no, Elise. Uh <laughs> I think Evan Peters is probably gonna come back as Qui-Gon Jinn. Okay. So we will be seeing Qui-Gon Jinn, but he'll be portrayed <laughs> by Evan Peters. Uh, so. Um will Jimmy Smith's return as Bail Organa? That's the that's the question on everybody's mind, Elise. I don't think so. No. I don't I, I think that they might have elements <laughs> of the rebellion, but because it's such a plot point in Rogue One that he's like, hey, I'm calling in the big guns. I'm going to call up Obi-Wan Kenobi or he's like a, a Jedi friend or whatever. He's kind of elu- like elusive about it. I don't think that that'll be a thing because the big favor that Jimmy Schmitz that that uh, Bail Organa had was like, all right, like we need we need Obi-Wan for this. So now nah, that makes so. sense. James. Mm-hmm. 
You know what? I think we are going to be seeing Jimmy Smiths in this show. <laughs> I would I would actually say they haven't announced the number of episodes. If there's 10 episodes, three, maybe four might be devoted specifically to the Jimmy Smiths. Smiths and his character of of uh, Bale and Bale Whale. Bale Organa. Yeah, Bale Organa. They might have said something if he was coming back, and I think it would be cool, and I can't believe I'm saying this because it was the worst part of the, the prequels, but I do want to see what the state of the Galactic Senate is under Empire control. So, like, seeing what the senators are doing and how, like, stormtroopers everywhere on Coruscant would be cool, but I don't think it'll be fun. Which leads me to my, ne- my next question, actually. Will Senator Jar Jar be back if we see... Fucking hope not. James? Yes, he'll be back. <laughs> Jar Jar's going to be back for this show. Uh, I actually, I know someone that knows Jar Jar, and they spoke with him recently. And uh, and he said that he, yep, he has signed, the paperwork is signed, he will be back for the show. And it, it's not going to be a major role, but it's probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to be kind of the same way that um, uh, we would have guest appearances in, in The Mandalorian, you know? He's going to mm-hmm. be serving that similar purpose, like an Amy Sedaris type, you know. Gotcha. Play, like, like you know, something to bounce jokes off of. I think it'd be good, a good thing. It's kind of a buddy show, so anyway. We we see some Darth Maul in Clone Wars, right, Blaine? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to... Can he? I don't really know what happens with him in the Clone Wars. Can I he? Don't, and I, I don't, don't remember what happens to him. Does he die in episode one? No. Well, no, he comes back. He's cut in half because his race, they uh, oh, have yeah. vital organs on both sides of their body. So he was able to survive without his legs. Those were actually um, in George Lucas's very earliest notes and totally not made up <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I don't I don't think that he will unless they do a live action adaptation of some scenes from the Clone Wars or sorry, Star Wars Rebels, because uh I don't know if you want me to spoil it or not, but like him and Obi-Wan do interact again and he does come to Tatooine. But I think they had something in mind with like the solo series where they were setting up Darth Maul as being the big bad in the solo franchise. And then Solo didn't do that well. So then I think that they're going to be exploring story elements of that in the Lando show. And I think that's where we'll see Darth Maul. But I don't know if we'll see him in uh, the Obi-Wan show. James, I'm Dawson. actually going to agree with Blaine on this one. Technically, we will not be seeing Darth Maul in this, but we will be seeing one or two of his spider legs. So, you know, because as we all know, Darth Maul acquires spider legs. And uh, <laughs> and so we will not be technically seeing his upper body where half of his organs are or whatever. But we will be seeing two or three spider legs in a very brief cameo um, in uh, Dagobah. At, at this point, his spider legs are long gone. <laughs> he has he has like full like cool robot prosthesis. Yeah, but they brought him back for the show. He, oh, there's okay. a point. There's this. It's the throne room scene where he's trying on different legs, <laughs> and it's kind of like a fun moment because he like looks at the spider legs and he's like, "Next time," and then he walks away. <laughs> oh, like the ending of that Wolverine movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am excited for this show. I'm a casual Star Wars fan, so I hope that I can understand what's going on in it. And I'm looking forward to see if they can kind of, you know, pull off, uh, progressing Ewan McGregor into old Obi-Wan that we know from the original trilogy and make, give that some mm-hmm. seamless. Mm-hmm. I think, feel I think to he's going to do a great job. Like in later oh, inter- in interviews of late, he just looks like he's kind of getting to that point, not like super old, but like, it just makes logical sense at this point in time that that's where Obi-Wan would be age-wise. Um, yeah. 
my big hope for the show is I, I hope that Kumail Nanjiani plays like a, a a Jedi or something cool. I don't want him to be a robot, and I feel like he's going to be a robot because Star Wars has a history of casting really funny, cool people as robots, like Alan mm-hmm. Tudyk and Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika Waititi, Richard Iotti, like. Mm-hmm. I want to see him as something other than just a kooky robot. Mm-hmm. I, wow, I wonder what I wonder if that's going to come to pass. I I totally never thought of that. That that's one hundred percent accurate. That's for whatever reason, that's what I thought of too. As they're like, "Hey, we want your voice in this," but because they that seems to be the tone that they set. I feel like yeah. Rupert Friend's going to be a villain. Oh, for sure. That dude's empire is hell. But it says friend right there. That's what <laughs> <laughs> he lures you in the false sense of security. Um, James, I know you kind of have like a, you know, conflicted perspective on the expanded so, Star Wars universe. I mean, and now at this point, it's not even the expanded Star Wars. It's just the Star <laughs> Wars universe. But uh, I I mean, I agree. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, like if they if someone just recut all three of those prequels to just tell his story, it's solid. His mm-hmm. story in all of like it, not even just his performance, but like he is a solid character. And I think that's part of the reason it's so frustrating and it makes Anakin seem like such a baby bitch is because Obi-Wan seems so rational. Like he just has a rational perspective the whole time and he's very heroic. And so you have this like, you know, side character essentially that's supposed to be the main focal point complaining and whining the whole time. And just like that's one of the things that really ruins the prequels and makes why people hated Hayden Christensen unjustifiably is because like he was the wrong focal point. Obi-Wan was too good. And then they didn't know how to make the whiny, whiny emo kid seem like anything other than a little brat. Um, That being said, I am at the point with star Wars where no matter how excited I am, they always do something to disappoint me. And the more, and kind of like monster girl, every single time something new happens, like it, everything gets worse a little bit for me. So like, even if it's good, even if I sat and I'm like, I enjoyed watching the Mandalorian, I still ultimately look at all of star Wars and go, I am considerably less interested in this universe than I was when there were only three movies or even six movies, you know, like, and stuff like that. But that's just like, that's just been my relationship with it. Cause I think they, I, I want them to go every single episode start in a galaxy far, far away. Like I just, what is the galaxy? Because it seems like they got three planets and only about five people living on all of them. <laughs> they all and, and most of them, yeah, yeah, most of them are Luke Skywalker. And I was like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> so like, <laughs> um, I wish that Star Wars would really lead into the fact that we can go anywhere or do anything. And I know that means not getting a super cool Obi-Wan Kenobi reprise and what have you. But like, I don't know. If they were like, we're making a new Star Wars show and it's called uh, Gorga Flelp. And and it doesn't take place near anything. And it starts Kumel Nanjiani as this guy who's just wandering around a not desert. <laughs> like I would be like, sweet. But I don't know. I, I will reserve judgment. I mean, I don't, I'm going to watch it, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to come out of it the same way I feel coming out of every Star Wars. Yeah, I think if Jabba's back, we'll all feel good about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or a different hut. Maybe a different hut. Can we get some uh, other huts? And canonically, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, he does have a kid and a wife, but is I don't his, know. His, are they are they huts this as is, well? 
Yeah, their huts. Does his wife know about the chain on like chained up thing? women? You you see you you see a mate of some sort in a Phantom Menace. Like she's there at the races with him, and then he has this. a baby. I can't remember what his little name is, but he was in the Clone Wars movie, animated movie before the TV show. He was like, I would watch that. I'd watch them go at it. The huts, yeah. the huts do their thing. Verified amateurs. I'm Google. I'm now Googling Jabba the Hutt's entire family. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can actually determine based off of the pictures that they chose for these actors who's bad and who's good. Because some of the people are smiling and some of the people look angry. And I feel like the yeah. angry people are the bad guys. This, this is another thing too. Like the casting is really exciting, but also if you look at the Mandalorian, you saw that some of the casting was exciting, but then not great. You know, yeah. like like there's some things where it was like, oh, that was a, it, it, it was an interesting choice. I Carl don't think Weathers. I ever want to see that person. I'm Carl Weathers. I <laughs> so thought cool. like was cool, and yeah. he was he was fine in the show. But I think there were other people that were cast in that show that you're like, oh, interesting choice. This doesn't work for me. Like you know, like you so can just I say Carl and Gugino. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Han, Sung King. Justice Carl, for Han, Carl and Gugino. <laughs> You mean you mean uh, Gina, Gina Carano? Carano. Gina, Carla Gugino, wait, what? Shit. You got you got like the syllables thing, like in re, the, all the phonetics. They're the name. Uh, I just realized their name is the same forwards and Carla backwards. Gugino, well, we Gina should probably Carano. we should probably end the show there. Um, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, Blaine, and talking Star Wars. So knowledgeable. Yeah. We mm -hmm. appreciate it. And you have a new show coming out. Oh, I do. It's called Popcorn and Shield. Maybe you've heard of it. We watch Warner Brothers films and then we talk about them and they gave us full access to their vault and it's really cool. I have a friend there. His name's Alfredo. Alfredo, I knew. I knew exactly <laughs> what he was going to do. It's on the Warner Brothers YouTube entertainment channel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Butchered that. And it's, it premieres April 9th. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do. James, look at this, yes. looking on in envy of the Water Tower kids. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't hurt me because I'm bad In oh, invincible <laughs> it goes invincible <laughs> i was like oh i get a bit <laughs> well that's the, that's the show for this week thanks everyone for entertaining and oh my god for tuning in, in. that's a great in. word you just that's you should great. copyright that entertain entertainment um and we'll catch you next week <laughs> <laughs>